Hello, everybody. This is Opposing the Matrix. Um, it is the 8th of November, 2020, almost the 9th of November. It's 45 minutes away. Um, first of all, I need to apologize. We were going to do a show at 6.30 tonight with Brian. Uh, Brian um, called me and texted me. Um, a couple of hours before that time to tell me that uh, he wouldn't be able to do the show. Uh, some family commitments came up, and also uh, Brian is a very hard worker. He's older than I am, I think by about a year. And um, he's been working roughly six days a week and has Sundays off. And I guess today they just wanted to relax and uh he needs to get rested up so he can prep for the rest of this next week. So he's, he's going to have to work then too. So anyway, uh, my apologies. Uh, I, I promise us a show. So what I'm doing is I'm giving us a show tonight. Um, and uh, I thought I'd take a little bit of a different venue. Uh, what I'm going to do tonight is, you know, last night we, uh, Eric and I talked about um, the uh, voter fraud and, uh, what it entailed and, uh, and also about the watermarks. Actually, I think that was, that was two shows ago. Last night was something different. I'm sorry. All these days are blending into one another. Um, last night we, I talked about, um, what in the heck did I talk about? I read from a couple of articles that, uh, that talked about, uh, this election and uh, how it could go and things like that. And it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, we were, my wife and I were listening it on our way to uh, an appointment today. And uh, so it was, it's approximately oh, a little bit of longer than an hour. So our trip was 30 minutes. So we listened to 30 minutes down to 30 minutes back. And, uh, and uh, it, it turned out to be pretty good seeing that I was very tired last night and, uh, Man, it almost sounded like I was slurring some of my words. I it really wasn't. Um, my wife is always quick to point out. I, I wear reading glasses, okay? So um, every once in a while, my reading glasses slip down on uh, off the uh, bridge of my nose and down on toward the bottom of my nose. And and she says that when that happens, I sound like uh, uh, I, I sound a lot different. <laughs> and it's um, I don't see the difference, but she does, and you know. Uh, your wife is always right. And, uh, <coughs> oh, sorry, I, I coughed on that one. Um, anyway, uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess she is right on this. She, uh, sounded like I was, uh, speaking while I was pinching my nose off. And, uh, which, you know, this is what that sounds like. So I don't really think, I don't really think that, uh, it, it sounds that bad. But, uh, you know, you, sometimes your critics are right. Um, anyway, more and more evidence is coming in that tomorrow is going to be a landmark day because, uh, tomorrow, uh, which is, uh, 40 minutes away from now, uh, yeah, 40 minutes, um, they're going to start, uh, pursuing, uh, court action against this election. And there's a, a lot of good reasons to do that. And uh, what I've done is I've gone on the Facebook and I found some very interesting, um, uh, clips that uh, I, I downloaded the audio from, and I'm going to play them, and it's and you're going to get a kind of an idea of what um, what uh, we're dealing with here. Okay, 
Um, one thing you won't hear from the video clips, and, and I've read and it seems to be confirmed, and the only reason I said it seems to be confirmed is because it's on Facebook, and Facebook has not put anything underneath it saying that their fact checkers have um, have found that it's, it's uh, inaccurate information. And uh, the real quick to do that with everything else is, you know, I mean, you could post something and, you know, you just hit the enter button and next thing you know, it's underneath it. It says this is not factual information. Our fact checkers have checked it and it's not real. Um, their fact checkers are people of questionable quality anyway. And uh, but anyway, this this has not appeared underneath this. But uh, supposedly Nancy Pelosi uh, owns the uh, software that's being used in a lot of these machines. And who does Nancy Pelosi have a very close relationship with? That's right, George Soros. Well, anyway, um, they're able to change the algorithms very easily in this software. And uh, and they can change it to uh, favor any candidate that they want to. And that's why when a lot of people were uh, were were doing their ballots uh, on these computers or even on their paper ballots and uh, and marking off Trump as their uh, choice for president. And when it went through the machine, it, uh, it automatically reverted to Biden. And uh, where have we seen this before? It's happened a lot. It happened back in 2000 with the hanging chads. Remember that whole debacle? Well, maybe you're not old enough to remember that. That was a good 21 years ago. Uh, maybe some of you weren't even born back then or were conceived about that time or born about that time. So you don't uh, have much of a working knowledge of it, except for maybe what you've heard. Um, but it was a big mess and it happened in Florida and Florida got a lot of flack for it. Uh, back then, um, what we used to do and what I really preferred this manner of voting, um, you slipped the, they gave you a card and it, um, uh, it had these little punch-out things on them. They call them chads. And uh, you would put the card in, and then it, next to each row on the card, there would be a question. Uh, who do you want for president? And if you wanted, like, uh, if it had Joe Biden was uh, line number one, you would punch there. If uh, Trump was uh, line number two, you would punch there. And actually, you were just punching these little chads out. So that when they ran it through a computer, it was real easy. It was kind of a primitive technology, but it worked and it worked really well. And it, you know, um, I don't know. This whole COVID thing has got me, my head spinning because it's not as bad as they say it is. And even if you do come down with it, uh, chances are 99% that you're going to get over it without any ill effects. Um, although, some of us have come down with so it's called long termers or long haulers, excuse me, and um, and it's making for a little bit of a difficult time. Um, in other words, some of the symptoms keep coming back, although we're not contagious or anything. And and uh, I don't know about your workplace, but they screen us all the time, and all you got to do is is answer honestly, which I do every time. And, uh, you know, have you had a fever in the last 72 hours? Yes, I have. You're going home. Okay. Um, now they're, they're changing it to where you have to have a fever when you go in there, too, which to me is kind of, you know, I'll just say it. It's stupid because if you have a fever, you still have an infection. And if you still have an infection, you can pass it on to somebody. 
All you got to do is cough in the wrong place or whatever, you know. Um, infect your mask and throw it in the garbage can. The guy that comes to pick up the garbage, if he touches your mask, then he touches his nose with his finger, <laughs> well, he's going to come down with it. <clears throat> anyway, um, so even though they, they, they claim to know how to uh, use universal precautions with uh, with this virus, if it is a virus, um, they, they do not know what they're doing because they don't use universal precautions only to it's only to where it benefits them. And since this uh, virus is turning into a, a money debacle for a lot of businesses and a lot of states and a lot of state run institutions, um, a lot of rules are being bent and uh, it's not good for me, you or anybody else. Well, anyway, um, Without further ado, because I'm not going to stay on very long tonight, uh, we've got a show tomorrow with uh, Russ Tanner and Laura Clement. Uh, they're going to be on uh, with hopefully with Brian and Eric. I know Eric is, was a little under the weather the other day when he was on, and um, hopefully he's feeling better. Pardon me, I have a little indigestion. I just ate something um, to keep me going here. And uh, between that and the coffee, it uh, it's bothering me a little bit. But anyway, the first clip I'm going to play is actually um, an interview on Fox News. And uh, they're interviewing somebody named Sidney Powell. And she's an attorney. And she's talking about the uh, the machines that they're using and some other things that um, have come into play with this, uh, this uh, what do you call it, uh, debacle. Uh, with this uh, election. So um, anyway, hopefully this works. It's the first time I've ever done this, and I think it's going to work just fine. But uh, let's play this clip and uh, see what happens here, okay? And uh, I'll let it go right to the end, and then I'll, I'll jump in and we'll talk about it a little bit and then jump to the next clip and, uh, and keep going as we will. Okay, here we go. Here's uh, Sidney Powell. Uh, being interviewed by Fox News. Legal team, as you've been hearing this morning, are preparing for all-out war, beginning with a slew of new lawsuits this week, beginning with one in Pennsylvania tomorrow, along with what our next guest says is evidence of voter fraud. Sidney Powell is General Michael Flynn's attorney. She is fighting on the front lines of this battle as part of the president's legal team. Sidney, good morning to you. Thank you for being here. Can you walk good. us through what has good taken morning, place Maria. here as you see it? Yes, there has been a massive and coordinated effort to steal this election from we, the people of the United States of America, to delegitimize and destroy votes for Donald Trump, to manufacture votes for Joe Biden. They have done it in every way imaginable, from having dead people vote in massive numbers to absolutely fraudulently creating ballots that exist only voting for Biden. We've identified at least four hundred. 150,000 ballots in the key states that miraculously only have a mark for Joe Biden on them and no other candidate. If you look at Florida, where things were done right, you can see that that's how the rest of the country should have gone. But they also used an algorithm to calculate the votes they would need to flip. 
and they used the computers to flip those votes from Biden, to, I mean, from Trump to Biden and from other Republican candidates to their competitors also. I think Doug Collins had the race stolen from him. I think uh, John James had his race stolen from him. It wasn't just President Trump. There were many people affected by this. We have got to fight tooth and nail in federal court to expose this abject fraud and the conspiracy behind it and get a recount and audits in every place it's needed, which is, frankly, most of the country. So there are recounts going on right now. We know that in Georgia, you have a list of numbers of ballots with only Joe Biden on the ticket. You say it's 98,000 ballots in Pennsylvania, 80 to 90,000 in Georgia, another 42,000 in Arizona, 69 to 115,000 in Michigan and 62,000 in Wisconsin. Sidney, if this is true, this appears systemic. Where is the Department of Justice? Where is the AG Bill Barr? If this is so obvious, then why aren't we seeing massive government investigations? I don't know. We definitely should be. I mean, we're getting reports of all kinds of fraud. We've got a, getting an affidavit from a postal worker now who talks about having been ordered to backdate ballots. No ballots received after the polls closed on voting day should even be counted. We've got multiple states that didn't even follow the rules of their own legislature. That's a federal constitutional issue. There are at least three major federal issues here that will require the Supreme Court to resolve these this case. And when the okay. votes are really audited and the real votes are counted, Trump will win. He is the president and he is in charge of this country. Sydney, I want to ask you about these algorithms and the Dominion software. I understand Nancy Pelosi has an interest in this company. Let's take a break. We'll come back with that. I'm talking with Sydney Powell this morning on her legal strategy. Stay with us. Well, I did not get the um, the second part of that, but you kind of got an idea uh, that Nancy Pelosi's involved in this. And, and it's no wonder, you know, um, she was very quick to announce that uh, Biden had won the election, even before all the counts are in, and, um, and said that it would be an honor to swear him in as president. So uh, how do you know you're going to do that if all the votes aren't in and if there's votes that are being contested? Well, if you run the software, own the software that uh, is corrupting everything, then yes, you're going to know, right? You're going to know that uh, that the, the people are being hoodwinked, as is the nation, and that, uh, well, you're just going to know. Um, anyway, uh, like I said, it's uh, it's no secret, it has been no secret for a long time, that uh, George Soros is involved in this. He has put a lot of money into these machines. And so, um, you know, and he, he has sworn several times that, uh, well, he's sworn that Trump would not make it to the end of his presidency. Well, he was wrong there. and uh, But he has sworn that he was going to work things out to where Trump would not get elected or reelected. And um, I, I hate to see his prophecy fail on that one, too, but it will. Um, so, um, anyway, what I want to do now is I want to play a, uh, a clip from a lady that was actually supposed to be one of the Republicans that was supposed to, um, be in the room in Detroit, 
uh, where the ballots were being counted, and she was supposed to be a verifier, uh, a Republican verifier of the. See, the way it works is that when they when they open up a ballot, um, there's supposed to be somebody from both parties, Republican Republican and Democrat. And I suppose if uh, independent too, I don't know about that too much, but definitely Republican and Democrat. And they're supposed to both look at the ballot, examine it, and if it looks okay, it goes into a pile where it'll be counted. If it doesn't look okay, it gets put in another pile where um, uh, issues have to be resolved with that ballot, whatever those issues are. Um, it's my understanding that when they finally got permission, I think in Pennsylvania, when they finally got permission to go in, uh, they were told they had to stand six feet away. Uh, so when they went in and they were standing six feet away, you know, they were told to stay where they were and they moved the tables back another six feet. <laughs> so, um, you know, that this is the kind of shenanigans and what a good word to use since Biden's a, an Irishman. Um, these are the shenanigans that are being pulled to to try to uh, win this election for this uh, this man that um, does not deserve to win and probably wouldn't know what to do if he got into office. But as we uh, talked about the other day, he probably wouldn't last very long in office. They, they would either pull the 25th Amendment on him, saying that he wasn't uh, stable and capable of discharging the uh, his uh, presidency, and uh, they would... Uh, uh, probably lock him up somewhere in a in a um, memory care facility and make her, Kamala Harris the uh, president of the United States and only the Lord knows who who she would pick as her vice president. Um, I don't even want to think about that because Nancy Pelosi keeps coming into my mind when I think about that. Um, so anyway, um, let me play another one. It's um, it was on a private network, and they'll say the name of the network uh, right, at, right at the beginning, and um, and their names will also be said, so that'll kind of verify who they were uh, for um, copyright purposes. Um, and again, this is an editorial page here, so that or editorial program that we're doing. So um, you know, when you're doing an editorial program or writing an editorial letter or whatever, you can mention things like this, okay, without the uh, without the fear of uh, reprisal uh, legally. So anyway, this is called, uh, We Have Evidence, the Flooding of uh, Mail-in Ballot Tampering. Um, so let's play that one. It's a shorter one than the last one. Only two minutes and 58 seconds. Here we go. If you're interested um, in just waiting to come on LBC in the last half an hour, I posted on my Twitter feed three separate videos that look to be evidence of uh, mail of tampering with the ballots at the polling stations. Uh, it's Seb Gorka, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. They are flooding in right now. We have thousands of pieces of evidence that are being sent into the campaign headquarters. In each of these specific videos, you see a poll worker in the middle of a polling station, filling out multiple ballots, not helping somebody else or, or, or verifying if that is about, but actually filling out the ballot, putting it aside and then filling out the next one. Now, all of these have to be verified. We're only two and a half days after the election, but this is 
this is very, very disturbing potential evidence, Nick. But what's intriguing is we're down to the last five states, I think it is. So that means none of this went on in dozens of other states or the president's not worried about dozens of other states. What's the situation there, Dr. Gorka? Well, we, we have in, in our republic a, a very specific system. We don't have first-past-the-post and we don't have a proportional representation. We have the Electoral College, which means because of the system of electoral uh, voters, the College of Electors, uh, there are key battleground states. So at the end of every election, it comes down to the wire. And it's really four or five states like Florida and Pennsylvania that are the key states you have to win. So we are concerned with those and especially with, with this fact, Nick, on the night of the election at 9.30 our time, p.m., after Florida, a massive state with lots of mail-in ballots, declared the results for the president, four, count them, four battleground states, including Pennsylvania, said, sorry, we're going to close down for the night. We're, we're not going to count any more votes. We're going to go back to bed, get our cup of Horlicks, and we'll get back to you tomorrow. Hang on a second. This is America. This is the country that put men on the moon. Why are key battleground states, four of them, Nick, that were trending towards the president? Every single one of them had the president leading Joe Biden and they stopped the counting. That is incredibly suspicious and we have to get to the bottom of it. Final question. You and I have talked about U.S. politics for a number of years, Sebastian. Where do you see this ending up? Where and when? Well, we've got a deadline. We've got December 8th, where the Electoral College electors do the actual voting for the president. So we've got a very clear deadline there. I expect this to go to the courts. We had a court mandate today to allow our observers into the polling stations in Pennsylvania. The local marshal actually blocked the judge's order and didn't let us in there to watch the counting. So we're not going to give up. The president is a fighter. So this will be a battle royale in the courts for the weeks to come. Well, there you have it, folks. There's another one. Uh, people with um, that have personally seen people filling out ballots that uh, that weren't theirs. And um, my goodness, what has this country turned into? You know, it really it, it just makes you wonder. Um, and and I do hope that the, all the court stuff is done by the. Uh, uh, but was it, what did he say, the 9th of December when uh, the Electoral College has to, to vote on all this? And uh, I don't know. I don't know if they can stop that. I really don't. Uh, we'll have to see. We're just retarded for a little while for a few more days until um, things are, are enough light is finally shed on this to where a decision can be made by the Supreme Court. So um, the next one I'm going to present to you is um, actually a woman who was a um, one of the people that was supposed to be able to go into uh, the uh, chamber and to be one of the Republican um, ballot checker that would stand by the uh, Democratic ballot checker. And um, she was denied access into that room. And she was and she talks about it. She talks about how. Um, Everything looked really suspicious, how uh, security followed people around. Um, and they were just weren't going to let anybody into that room um, to check along with the uh, the Democratic ballot checkers. So um, I'm going to go ahead and play this. And uh, this uh, was found on uh, on Facebook. It was a, actually she did a live Facebook feed 
Um, gutsy lady. Very, very gutsy. But she's in the, um, the auditorium. Well, she'll tell you where she's at. So here we go. In downtown Detroit at the TCF Center, which is um, in the heart of Detroit, in the heart of the D. And um, I had a couple of people reach out to me and say, could you do another Facebook Live and explain where you're at and why you're here? Um, You can see behind me, that giant room behind me is where they are contesting um, ballots. Um, So something that's very interesting that happened here in Detroit is, um, you know, I just talked to a guy that's been here all night. Um, they were ready to shut down the precinct. They had counted all the ballots. Everything was good. Everything went smoothly. And then it was at about 4 a.m. that three vehicles arrived, a van, a Chrysler 300, and a Ferrari with 130,000-plus ballots He said he was astonished as they started counting the ballots. He was astonished that every single ballot, like literally 100% of that 130,000 ballots was, um, were all Biden ballots that hadn't been delivered to the precinct before, um, the cutoff time for this precinct. Um, so, Obviously, there's you know that's just a big irregularity, um, something that points to um, large-scale voter fraud, and it literally it's being contested by the president of the United States in a lawsuit right now for the state of Michigan. We literally have people that watched it happen. I talked to people that are here. They're like, what? 130,000 ballots that haven't been verified, um, that are just being taken in. Um, We have poll challengers that have been barred from being able to go into this room to challenge ballots. Um, We've had GOP um, members removed from the room. you're allowed to have a certain number, depending on the number of precincts. I think it's 134 precincts that we have in Michigan, or excuse me, not in Michigan, in, in this particular um, county, Wayne County, Michigan. And we probably have maybe um, 50 to 60 representatives that have been allowed to go in to challenge. Mind you, according to federal law, For each precinct, there is to be one Democrat, one Republican to challenge. That hasn't been allowed in 24, well, actually since like uh, this morning, um, since about 5 a.m. this morning when those 130 um, ballots were dropped off. We then had a situation where um, The, at one point that people here in Detroit who are poll um, challengers or um, poll watchers were being barred from the building based on an order from the governor 
and the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services um, saying that capacity limits had been met. Now, mind you, that room had capacity limits. We didn't have the number of people that we were allowed to, by law, that we were supposed to have in the room. The rest of the building, like I'm in a 40,000 square foot building, 40,000, or is it 400,000 square feet? Very, very, very big. Kobo, it's the old Kobo Arena. And uh, it's, we're spread out all over, like I can run down the hall naked. I'm not going to do that, don't worry. Um, But I could and not be seen by anybody. I could pick a hall. That's how not populated it is. So that we have the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services treating this like it's any regular day, not a polling, poll count, excuse me, a um, uh, ballot counting um, polling situation, which is regulated by uh, federal law uh, during times such as these to operate under a different law than what is normal for capacity during COVID times. So, um, in addition, we know, like we've seen, we've heard, we've <laughs> that um, poll workers, the poll contesters are um, being harassed and intimidated. The ACLU was allowed in to the room and to interfere with somebody um, from the GOP to challenge a poll. I'm like, why does the ACLU get to have representation, but nonpartisan and uh, Republicans are being barred from not only entering the challenge room, but also the building? At one point, I left the building... And again, I'm at TCF in Detroit uh, to go and make copies. And um, I got stuck in an elevator because the security guard said I I wasn't allowed to go back up. And I'm like, these are, (laughs) I talked my way out, you know, out of that, of course, because, you know, it's me. Um, These are official documents for the GOP, which they were, to contest um, polling practices and you know I need to go up um, this is you know my person that I came with is here my car keys are here um, there were a lot of people that were locked out of the building after they'd been in you know they left for lunch they weren't allowed back in again under the order of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services so shenanigans in Detroit and I'm not making light of it because it's really heartbreaking that this is what we've come to as a country. This is what we've stooped to as a country. Shame on us. Shame on us that partisan politics has taken away common decency, truth, honesty, integrity. It is disgusting what is happening in Detroit. It is disgusting. And it isn't about an election. It is about major fraud on a major scale that was very well organized, that was very well organized. (sighs) Um, 
So I'm just going to reverse the angle on the camera so that you guys can kind of see what's going on. I'll get as close as I can without getting arrested. So what you have here is, oh, and they put up a bunch of signs to block, too. So this is where all the GOP um, people that are waiting to get into the room are standing. They just, a few minutes ago, let in five people, um, but no more than five people. And we know that we're down probably... Um, 50 people in there so been very interesting um, Detroit Police Department is representing um, again when I got stuck in the elevator with the security guard um, the security guard told me that it was the management company for TCF Center that was making the call on locking people out. And so I tracked that person down and I talked to him and I have his business card. And uh, he's like, no, it wasn't us. You know, he's like, I don't know where that, where that would be coming from. Um, Michigan Department of Health and Human Services was also here and I chased him down. And I talked to him and he's like, well, I don't know voting laws. And I'm like, well, why are you here trying to regulate? Because this is a voting situation. This is a poll counting location. This is not business as usual. Why are you even here? And he's like, well, I'm calling my supervisor um, and I will, you know, I'm waiting for um, direction for my supervisor. So I asked who his supervisor was. Um, her last name is Fair. Um, and then he ran away from me down the escalator and met with uh, Captain Johnson from the Detroit Police Department and promised me that he'd come back out to give me an update. Um, of course he didn't. Um, so, I, you know, it's very obvious that, you know, things aren't as they should be. And I'm really glad that it's being... A contested, um, really discouraging, and it's a little bit heartbreaking. But you know, I'm a person of faith, and I believe that you know God is bigger than even this. And no matter what, <clears throat> God reigns. So, again. From the TCF Center in Detroit, I will go ahead and post this and share it. So if you're just joining and you've missed out, this is the um, um, poll counting. Um, oh, and mind you, I can't wear a mask, won't wear a mask, and I've been here all day. Um, so, yeah. Um, keep praying. Keep praying. Pray big. Pray big, huh? Yep. Um, a woman of faith. That really just blew my mind at the end when she said that. I'd listened to it before, but each time I hear it, it just blows my mind. Because um, she knows that this whole thing is in the hands of someone that it's much more powerful than the Biden admin, or not administration, she doesn't have one, than the Biden election committee and much bigger than President Trump himself, although President Trump... Um, 
claims to and I believe does have a relationship with the God of the universe, the uh, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and that he too is trusting. Um, we had a laugh the other day because uh, we were, it might have been earlier today, uh, my wife and I, because they were talking about how stressful it must be for President Trump. And then they showed a picture of him playing golf down in Mar-a-Lago. And he didn't look like he was too stressed out. So um, I think that he uh, he knows that it is what it is and uh, that uh, he's quite confident that things are going to work out in his favor, which uh, a.k.a. is our favor and the favor of the uh, the good forces in the United States. And, you know, I was talking with somebody today and I said, you know, what better um, catalyst is a good word. To set up, because we've been hearing for months and months and months, you know, years now that uh, there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of sealed um, indictments that are waiting to be opened and that there's going to be mass arrests and everything else. And and what better catalyst would there be for that to come down the pike than them to try to pull a coup like this? Um, and this is a coup. Uh, to try to uh, throw an election in favor of a person that doesn't deserve to be elected and a president, a sitting president, against a sitting president that um, uh, by all means and uh, manner of reason has received the votes and the electoral votes to be able to resume his presidency into a second term. Um, this This would be the perfect catalyst to... Um, start up the mass arrests um, because if Pelosi is involved with the uh, the machines and the software is owned by her, then she's part of the treason, and so is uh, so are all her cohorts, her family members. Um, the Bidens would be uh, part of that, and um, you got to wonder if the people that got the letters uh, during the uh, George H. W. Bush uh, funeral are the same ones that are um, in league uh, trying to pull off this coup. So anyway, um, very interesting times ahead. Um, The last thing that I want to uh, present to you folks is is by a guy that uh, his name is uh, Eli, the computer guy. He's got a a channel on, um, on YouTube and, um, he seems to me to be um, either a very uh, right-leaning uh, leftist or a, or a left-leaning rightist. Um, and you'll see when you listen to him because uh, he he doesn't seem to like Trump very much, but at the same time, he doesn't like what's going on. And the whole premise of what you're going to listen to is that uh, back during the um, – During the primary, NPR, which is National Public Radio, which is an outlet that's about as left as it gets, uh, in my estimation, are right up there with Pravda and Izvestia uh, in the former Soviet Union, um, and probably uh, Radio Cuba and Radio Venezuela, um, right up with those organizations. And um, even NPR said that the mail-in thing was going to turn into a debacle. That if there's going to be a problem, it is, it is going to be with the mail-in uh, ballots. And uh, this guy, um, now bear with me and bear with him, 
because he he says uh, some things two or three times, but um, I think he's doing that for emphasis. And um, but he's amazed, um, and so am I, that NPR kind of predicted that this was going to happen. And even NPR, a liberal outlet like no other, uh, said that this was going to be a bad thing to do. And and using the uh, the primaries and all the ballots, the mail-in ballots that they had to throw out during the primaries as an example of why this is a bad idea. So anyway, uh, this is Eli, the computer guy. He's got it. That's the name of his um, YouTube channel. So if you want to go check him out for that or other things, um, he seems to be like a pretty nice guy with a pretty level head. Um, he seems, like I said, to be liberal and uh and I, you know, we, we could probably, he and I, if we got together, could hold a, a decent conversation as long as we agreed to disagree on many things. So, um, but he, he does seem like he's pretty level headed and, uh, and, uh, he's, he's quite, um, quite the character and he's, um, kind of exasperated <laughs> with the whole thing. So, um, anyway, I am going to go ahead and play him. And I hope I remember to put them on here. Okay, that's it. Mail in your voter fraud. Fraud. Uh, NPR says Trump is right. Wow, NPR saying Trump is right. That's amazing. That those that sentence can be <laughs> can can even exist. So here we go, Eli, the computer guy. You know, one of the biggest problems with Trump derangement syndrome is every once in a while he actually has a point. Now, the reasons he gives may be a bit of horse crap, but he might actually have a point. But the problem is, the problem is when you're in the throes, when you're in the throes of Trump derangement syndrome, you just can't ever give him an inch so you've got to say anything that he's saying is completely and utterly wrong not only is it completely and utterly wrong but it is so stupid it is so moronic it is so pathetically banal that it should not come out of a president's mouth and then the problem that you get into liberal is, right again maybe if he has a point Possibly for the wrong reasons, you've just put yourself into a situation where you've kind of painted yourself into a corner. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, this is interesting. Hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? There might be problems with mail-in ballots. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So we've been hearing this for a little bit, a little bit now. We're basically with COVID, with coronavirus, a lot of states are pushing for basically getting everybody to, to vote with mail-in ballots. Why, why have everybody come physically to one location, have to worry about people getting infected the whole nine yards when they can just do mail-in ballots? Now, Trump, Trump has come out and he said mail-in ballots. If there's mail-in ballots, there's going to be fraud to a degree we've never seen before. Dead people are going to be voting. Illegal immigrants are going to be voting the whole nine yards. And he's really he's really emphasized that that whole thing and so of course the course the democrat the democrats and their their epileptic you know derangement uh, syndrome uh, fever or whatever basically have screamed and they said this is ridiculous mail-in ballots are fine it'll be okay there are no problems this is just trump trying to do something stupid with the election uh, 
The problem is, the problem is, there might be some issues with mail-in ballots. There might be some significant issues with mail-in ballots, and those significant issues may actually hit the Democrats harder than they hit the Republicans, and the Democrats have basically painted themselves into an argumentative corner, which I think is kind of interesting. So we're going to go over. We're going to go to a right-wing rag. I know, I know a lot of times when I, when I show you... Um, well, webzines, you know, when I'm doing these videos, you know, I, I try to I try to stay as fair and balanced as possible. But, you know, every once in a while, every once in a while to get the really good information, I've got to go really right wing, like all the way almost up to the Daily Stormer. And I have to say today, as far as right wing mags go, we are going right up to the edge of the Daily Stormer. That's right. We are going to be looking at... NPR, National Public Radio, brought to you by granola and toilet paper that is so scratchy you never actually want to use it. Uh, yeah, this is actually coming from NPR. Ah, uh, this is hilarious. Uh, uh, and this, again, August 22nd, 2020, so this is not some, you know, 10-year-old thing that I'm taking out of context. More than 550,000 primary absentee ballots rejected in 2020, far outpacing 2016. <laughs> An extraordinarily high number of ballots, more than 550,000, have been rejected in this year's presidential primaries, according to a new analysis by NPR. That's far more than 318,000 ballots rejected in the 2016 general election and has raised alarms about what might happen in November when tens of millions uh, of more voters are expected to cast their ballots by mail, many of them for the first time. Oh my god. Are you, are you saying that there might be problems with mail-in ballots? Uh, they give a breakdown here. So total rejected. So Arizona is not too bad. 2,500. Arkansas, really good. Uh, 383. Look at this. California. California. 102,000 ballots were rejected. Kentucky had 32,000 ballots. Maryland, my home state, had 35,000 uh, ballots rejected. New Jersey had 34. New York, New York State had 84,000. Pennsylvania, 37. Washington State had 95,000. Wisconsin down at 23,000. So these are the number of ballots that were reject, rejected. So to again, be clear, these are people that fill out their ballots. They send their ballots off to the election commission. And the election commission goes, Argh. They did that to 550,000 ballots. 550,000 American voters had their votes literally thrown in the trash for mail-in ballots. It's just funny sometimes. <laughs> Here's the problem. This is the thing. Like with the Democrats, right? It's okay to argue against Trump. It's okay to push back on Trump. It's okay to say Trump is a dummy dumb every once in a while. But here's the problem. When you come out so full-throated and you say the mail-in ballot system will be fine. This is only Trump trying to destroy the process. The problem is then if there are actual issues... You put yourself into a corner because either that means either that means Trump was more or less correct all along and you were on the wrong side. You're never going to admit to that one <laughs> or you box, your, box yourself into a corner where you're going to have millions, most likely of ballots literally thrown in the trash. <laughs> Oh, election experts said first-time absentee voters are much more likely to make the kinds of mistakes that lead to rejected ballots. Studies also show that voters of color... <laughs> 
And young voters are more likely than others to have their ballots not count. Most absentee or mail-in ballots are rejected uh, because required signatures are missing or don't match the one on record or because the ballot arrives too late. And again, that's an interesting thing, thinking about uh, your signature on record. Um, I had a problem with this. So um, my wife and I, we went to Thailand uh, back in 2016. And one of the weird things was I had these old uh, American Express uh, traveler's checks old-fashioned type of technology. I had like about $1,000 in these. So one of the trips I took to, I did Europe years and 20 years ago or whatever. And so before a lot of the tech that we use is as prominent as it was, you know, traveler's checks was a useful thing. So I had these traveler's checks um, and I had signed, I had actually signed the traveler's checks years ago just to do whatever. And the weird part was, is then when I tried to cash them in 2016, my signatures no longer matched. My original signature did might not match my new signature because guess what? Over a decade had been in between uh, when I had initially signed them and when I was signing them to actually cash them in and actually ran into all kinds of issues. Because when you're doing something, over a decade, things change. And so like with driver's license or with uh, voter registrations or anything, if you have a signature on record and for whatever reason your signature has changed over the years, you may literally not even think about it. Again, you don't, you don't think about how your signature modifies over the years. But literally, because your signature has changed since when whenever you register to vote, your vote literally might not count. Ah! Or because the ballot arrives too late. Quote, if something goes wrong with any of this, that's a problem for at large, but it's also going to be one that hits some populations of the United States a bit harder than others, potentially disenfranchising different groups of folks at higher rates. Um... Griffin said so far about a quarter of those who voted in person in the last election say they plan to vote by mail this November. The same is true for those who have never voted before and will be casting their first ballots in this year's election. The numbers compiled by NPR are almost certainly an underestimate since not all states have made the information on rejected mail-in ballots available. Even with limited data, the implications are considerable. NPR found that tens of thousands of ballots have been rejected in key battleground states where the outcome in November for the presidency, Congress, and other elected positions could be determined by a relatively small number of votes. For example, President Trump won Wisconsin in 2016 by almost 23,000 votes. More than 23,000 absentee ballots were rejected in the state's presidential primary in April. More than 37,000 primary ballots were also rejected in June in Pennsylvania, a state Trump won by just over 44,000 votes. The numbers are also significant. This is the best part. This is the best part. <laughs> the numbers are also significant because of large partisan differences in how Americans plan to vote this fall. Democrats have expressed more interest in Republicans in voting by mail, 47% to 28% in the Democracy Fund survey. 48% of those who intend to vote for Joe Biden say they will use mail-in ballots compared with 23% of Trump supporters. Um, let's see here. Uh, for their part, Democrats are pushing widespread mail-in voting, but are also concerned that many of their uh, voters' ballots could be rejected as rules aren't relaxed. They're in court, and more than half the states fighting to extend mail-in ballot deadlines and waive a witness and notary requirements. Curious. They also want voters to be given the opportunity to fix errors before their ballots are rejected. And so this is this is where we're at. <laughs> this is where we're at. <sighs> You know, sometimes, sometimes you gotta go on the deep web, man. Sometimes you gotta go in the dark net. You gotta find those, those dirty, nasty people there. They're, they're right for those horrible right-wing publications like NPR.com or NPR.org to, to really try to understand what's going on in our world. 
But basically, this is just a very curious thing where if you look at the standard process, what we find out, what we find out is the process that we've been using isn't actually that good. I think that's one of the funny things. Like, again, there's, a, there's this idea in people's minds that things just work, right? Things just work. It's magical. Of course everybody should use mail-in ballots, because mail-in ballots work. Eli, mail-in ballots work. If mail-in ballots work, then what is the argument against using mail-in ballots? Um, my question, do we know that they work? We assume that they work, but but literally, think about it for a second. If, if we're talking about absentee ballots, and we're talking about a normal year's absentee ballots, you can probably throw away all of that year's absentee ballots and still come out with a pretty fair election. Right Again, when you think about the percentage of people using absentee or mail-in ballots versus the people that are actually going to the polls... The reality is, is the number that are actually mailing in their ballots may be so small that even with those issues, it doesn't really screw with the election. And so it's never been brought up that there are horrible, nasty, god-awful problems with the system. But what's interesting now is so there's this huge, massive push, like, okay, well, we need to use mail-in ballots more. And then the weird part here, again, the weird part is, again, Trump. Trump is keep pushing. He keeps pushing. You know, go in person, in person, in person, in person, in person. So he's telling all of his people to go in person to vote. The Democrats and Biden, he's telling all of his people, mail in. Mail in works. Mail in works. Mail in safe. See, we, we are the, we are the party of science. We are the party of the intellect. So you should do mail in ballot. But think about this for a second. If they're talking about this many rejected ballots, and you think about this on a national scale, imagine if far, far, far more Trump voters actually go and walk in to a polling station and actually uh, do their vote that way versus the number of Biden voters who are going to be elected, who are going to be voting, doing mail-in ballots. If that percentage is massively skewed, and, and then you think about the problems, again, they talk about the disadvantaged people, for whatever reason, their bail ballots are normally thrown in the trash, more likely anyway, you may really get a point where Trump wins this election because the Democrats were so forcefully uh, pushing for mail-in ballots that have problems, that have problems. This is why I, I always argue for systems. Again, a lot of people get mad at me because I don't, I don't argue for morals. I don't argue for ethics. I don't argue for one side or the other. This is why I, I always argue for systems. If you create a good system, a good system will carry you through. Again, from that old military, paramilitary stuff, trust your equipment, trust your equipment, trust your equipment, trust your equipment, right? Basically, if you don't trust your equipment, then when you're in training or when you have downtime, get your equipment in order so that you do trust your equipment when, when you need to, right? It is very important. Trust the process, trust your equipment, trust all of those things. Those things will carry you through the day. If you have garbage equipment, if you have a garbage process, it doesn't matter what side of history you're on. It doesn't matter what your morals or ethics are. Things can go sideways really quick. So, uh, so I thought this was curious. Again, I'm not... I'm not one of those people that's been a huge fan of uh, Trump, you know, talking about all of the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the fictitious votes or whatever. There's a, there's a million illegal votes or whatever. I'm not one of the people that actually is on that bandwagon. And so I was, I was surprised when I saw this, when this came across the, across the table that NPR is talking about the last primary that just happened, 550,000 ballots thrown in the trash. 
you really got to think about what will happen with this election. And is that enough to actually throw the election? And then what the hell happens? Holy crap. You thought people were pissed before. You thought people were pissed before because Trump won the electoral college without winning the, the popular vote. Again, that's its thing. I will remind people Hillary Clinton went home. If Hillary Clinton had wanted to argue, if she had wanted to fight, I would have been for that. She did it. To be clear. To be clear. She packed her crap up, went home, and then about a year later started writing all this nasty stuff, right? So if you imagine how people lost their mind when he did win the Electoral College, even though he didn't win the popular vote, what would ha- what would happen this year if he won like the election simply because the process was so utterly flawed? And what if a majority of that process being flawed was literally what the Democrats were pushing for. Can you imagine that for a second? Again, imagine the, the diehard, the true blue Democrat or whatever, the, the social believer, right? And basically, the Democratic Party pushes these people towards a flawed system. Because they use that flawed system, Trump gets elected again. What's interesting about that is the people are not going to be happy about Trump. Let's be clear. They're not going to be happy about Trump. But who are they going to be even more pissed off at? Who are they going to be even more pissed off? If you voted and you find out yours and everybody you know, your votes went in the trash can because the system was so bad and the people that were supposed to be supporting you pushed you towards that system, there's going to be a massive amount of hate towards those people. Again, it may it may not be the Republican Party that that people should be concerned about. Again, it's kind of funny. Like I think that's one of the funny things, like looking at politics. Like for years now, years now, it's like, oh, the Republican Party's got to do this. Oh, the Republican Party's got to do that. And the Republican Party keeps like muddling along. The Republican Party keeps doing what it's doing. The weird part is, is it seems like the Democrats. It seems like the Democrats are literally like digging their own grave. At the, at the same time, they're like, well, what the Republicans need to do. It's like, you guys have many more problems inside your house. <laughs> if, if you were looking at a cohesive party, I mean, it, it makes good news, right? It makes good news. It's good for CNN when there are the, you know, Republicans against Trump. Republicans for Biden, right? That makes good news. But if you really look at it, it seems like the Republicans are a far more cohesive party. And again, with the Republicans, there's a lot of people that, that hate Trump. But Trump's not really a Republican. Um, let, let's, let's be completely clear here. Trump is not really a Republican. So when you have Republicans against Trump, it's not Republicans against Republicans. It's Republicans literally against Trump. Right? But if you look at the other side, if you look at the Democrats, you have a lot of Democrats that are basically against Democrats. <laughs> you look at the AOCs. You look at the Bidens. You look at so many people that are that are up and coming in the Democratic establishment, and it really seems like their biggest enemy is the Democratic establishment. So, anyways, I thought that was funny. <laughs> that's that's what I do for you. I go I go into the deepest, darkest sides of the web. I'll go all the way to NPR.org to to find the info they don't want you to know. So anyways, what do you think about this? What do you, what do you, what do you think about this asinine situation? What do you think about Trump derangement syndrome? Do you think Trump derangement syndrome is terminal? (laughs) Well, Trump derangement syndrome. 
kill the Democratic Party. What do you think about all this? What do you think about fighting so hard? What do you think about this when people get so much tunnel vision, they get so fixated on hating somebody that they end up leading their side down a very dangerous and reckless path? What do you think about all that? I don't know. Put your thoughts down in the doobles down below. Uh, as always, if you like these shows, they're available on iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. If you give us a review on iTunes, that would be great. And I'll see you folks in the next show. Well, that was very, very interesting. Did you see the revelation that came out of that? They pushed their people to vote via mail. And maybe, maybe, maybe they realized that it was a mistake that they were going to lose because so many ballots get thrown out. So then they go into hyperdrive and commit election fraud so that they can fill in their own ballots, uh, postmark old, um, or ballots that were a day late, postmark them back a day earlier. Um, and, and do all this stuff so that they could justify using mail-in ballots and not, like this guy said, piss off their electorate. It makes perfect sense now. It really does. Um, it, it's probably a combination of they wanted to screw with the election and win at any cost and realizing that they that, that by advocating mail-ins, they messed themselves up so badly that they had to sequester themselves without any Republicans in the room so that they could fix ballots, they could make up ballots and everything else. Now, that is interesting, but we know that Trump had a watermark put on all of the ballots that are original. And if they made copies of ballots in order to um, forge ballots and, and make ballots for people that don't even exist or people that are dead, um, and and they start tallying these ballots up again, they're gonna, it's 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 a lose lose situation for the Democrats, and that's why I think that President Trump can sit there and play golf and not worry about anything because he knows that the cat is out of the bag. He knows that everything is going on. <clears throat> and again, I raise the I raise the question: Is he a Trump, is he a time traveler? Has he been to the future to see what the Democrats are going to do? And he's just letting them do it, and then he's just going to pursue it in court and have all their votes thrown out. Uh, very interesting thing to think about, okay? Not saying that he is or that it's – but I'm saying that it is possible. I think that technology exists. But um, very, very interesting uh, thing to, to think about, to speculate on. Um, I guess we'll know more um, in the days to come, uh, at least by next Friday. Um which courts are going to pick up which cases. Um, another thing that the Democrats um, messed themselves up on, I want to say screwed themselves so bad, but I can't say it. Um, another way that they did it is that uh, when Obama left office, he left uh, hundreds of vacant federal judge seats. Um, he just left them, didn't fill them the whole time he was in office. And now Trump's been filling him, and he's been filling him with uh, 
with right-leaning judges. Uh, we have a right-leaning Supreme Court now. So when this does go to the Supreme Court, it's probably going to be found, uh, Biden's campaign is going to be found null and void. Uh, the voting for him is going to be found to be fraudulent. It's going to be thrown out and Trump is going to be declared the winner. So this is why the man can sit there and play golf and not worry about it. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, there's there's one other thing that I want to play, one other uh, video um, that I've got the audio off of. And uh, there's a Washington uh, Post columnist. And I, I always joke about how columnist sounds like communist. And... Um, you know what? I got to try to look up her name. Um, I think they introduce her anyway, so I'm not going to worry about that. Um, but I think it, they're talking about her on Fox News um, in this video. And uh, he, she, uh, when I talked about last night was, or maybe the last time I was on with Eric, I can't remember, is that when Let's just put it this way. The Republicans aren't going to be in office forever. Okay. There's going to come a time when uh, there's going to be a Republican in office as president who the public is really not going to like, not even the Republicans. And he's going to be voted out of office. Okay. And he's going to be replaced by a Democrat. And the Democrats have long memories and they're very hateful people. And, they're not going to forget everything that's happened the last four years or maybe the next next four years, which would be eight years. And if uh, we create a Trump dynasty and we get more Trumps elected or or uh, friends of Trumps elected um, into the office of president, it could go eight, eight, not more than eight. It could go 12, 16 years, um, especially if uh, the economy is running good and and. Uh, you know, we, we turn to the world starts to see that it's working here and, and they start doing the same thing. Um, this could turn into something that would be a, or already has been a nightmare for the new world order and for the elites who are trying to, uh, implement Agenda 21 through the UN and, um, all this, um, America breaking legislation in the UN. But anyway, um, just think about this, but one day there's there, there's going to be elected a Democrat or a leftist. I don't even call them Democrats anymore. Um, and all the leftists that are out there, and there are a lot of them, um, right around 50% of the country's leftist. Um, maybe maybe a little less if uh, you know you could get the lazy Christians out there voting and uh, and some of the other uh, non-Trumpers and stuff. Um, that would be maybe, um, uh, 55% uh, Republican, 45% Democrat. Anyway, um, that's neither here or there, but, um, the day may come and will come when, uh, the other side's going to get voted in. And, um, and like I said, they're going to remember stuff. And, and it's at that time since they're, since liberals and leftists are so unbalanced, I don't see it being hard for them to um, dehumanize Republicans. They already do it. 
you know, Trump derangement syndrome. The last guy was talking about, you know, they're, they're saying that people that uh, that like Trump are deranged. Um, they're calling us deplorables um, and stuff like that. Um, what happened in Germany is um, Hitler and his henchmen and the Nazis, they he dehumanized uh, Jews and, and uh, gypsies and other minorities, saying that they weren't fully human. Um, if you take somebody and you, and you turn them into a non-human or a subhuman, I should say, it's easier to kill them. It's it's no, I guess in maybe many of the Nazis' eyes, it was no different than putting a dog down or putting a cat down because you weren't actually dealing with humans, uh, in in the way that uh, God looks at humans and we look at humans. So anyway, that having been said. Um, when that time comes and the leftists do finally gain power again, uh, what's going to happen? You know, are, are we going to be thrown into concentration camps and killed? That's a possibility. They hate Trump so much that they hate you and I that much because we support Trump. And um, to them, we're the ones that are responsible for putting them in office, and to them, we're the ones that are ultimately responsible for uh, creating what they see as chaos happening under the Trump administration. So that day's going to come, and it's not going to be a pretty day, okay? And by then, you know, you're going to have uh, – it's possible that uh, you're going to have second-generation Antifa people who are going to make the first generation look like a – bunch of choir boys um and in germany i last night i did a a show on um the parallels between uh 1930s germany and what the united states looks like today and boy howdy i'm telling you there's a lot of parallels and um one of the things that happened was um hitler had his brown shirts and the brown shirts were basically his uh, secret police, his police force. And they would go out and do his bidding. You know, they would go out and, and round up Jews. They would kill any opponents of Hitler, or any of the intelligentsia. Um, anybody that was a threat to Hitler, they went out and killed. And um, after a while, Hitler, uh, oh, it was Himmler, I guess, um, talked Hitler into accepting the uh, the SS or the uh, the Gestapo um, over the SA which was the brown shirts and they had they had a night called the night of the long knives when the Gestapo went out and killed everybody all the brown shirts <laughs> so um, you know so the the Antifa that we have today might evolve into something that is uh, much more hideous than it is today um, they might be a fully armed paramilitary wing by that time. Uh, right now they're throwing bottles and uh, Molotov cocktails and uh, bottles of ice water and stuff like that at the police and, and assaulting people as they try to drive by. Um, it, that's not too far away from um, actually taking people out with automatic weapons. Um, so anyway, um, I don't want to go too much longer on this because I have to process this show and get it on the air and everything. And I want to get to bed at a decent hour tonight or this morning. But um, think about this. So um, 
there was this gal that works for the Washington Post. She's a columnist, and she hates Trump. Now, she was supposed to be the uh, the the uh, right-wing columnist for the Washington Post, but revealed herself quite a while back to be a um, quite a uh, leftist, quite a strong leftist. Um, and I don't know why that happened, but it did. It did. Excuse me, I got the hiccups for some reason. But um, anyway, I want you to listen to this because she goes into this where she's talking about um, burning down the Republican Party. Um, and um, basically, she's um, she's inferring um, tracking down supporters of Trump and killing them. <laughs> um she doesn't come right out with those words, but, you know, with the, the words that she used, you could easily take it that way. Um, of course, if she said it the other way, you know, the I'm sure as bad as MSNBC is, they would kick her off. Um, but um, so this is going to be uh, her talking and it's going to be um, some of the morning crew of uh, Fox uh, kind of reviewing what she says and, and making a lot of sense out of what she says. Now, I. Um, as of about three days ago or two days ago, I've quit watching Fox. I don't endorse them anymore. They still have a couple of good people on there. Um, they still have uh, Sean Hannity and uh, uh, Tucker Carlson and, uh, and a couple of other people. Uh, I found out today that they fired Judge, uh, uh, what's her name? Judge Janine Pirro. They fired her. Um, I think she was just a little too... Uh, right wing for them. Uh, Fox News is turning very quickly into uh, just another uh, left wing news organization, um, much like the Drudge Report did. I used to be able to trust, trust the Judge Report uh, for things. And now um, I, I go to it very rarely just to see if there's anything strange there. But um, so the only one that we can trust right now is One America News Network. Uh, some people are going to Newsmax. They think that that's a safe place to go, but um, uh, what I what I would hope that Trump would do in, in some way, and he would have to divest himself from this, of course. But um, if he could talk to somebody about starting up a, a right wing uh, news service, much like Fox started out to be many years ago, um, they said they were fair and balanced, but they were always uh, right leaning. But I'm talking about we 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 need a real right wing. Um, news service that uh, that won't be fake news that'll come out uh, with real news and won't uh, the other day when they were basically praising Biden and congratulating him and um, doing everything they could to bend down and kiss his his, his hindquarters uh, they showed their true colors to me and um, I'll have nothing to do with Fox News ever again except uh, to use this one um, this one clip where uh, they're talking with this woman that makes Fox News still look uh, sort of uh, right wing. Anyway, so uh, let me let me run this and then uh, we'll have a few concluding um, thoughts and then, uh, then I'm going to shut it down and, and get everything uh, uploaded to different sources. So anyway, this is uh, Fox News talking um about this uh, Washington Post communist uh, columnist, so that's talking about burning down the Republican Party. Here we go. 
what we should be doing is shunning these people. Shunning, shaming these people is a statement of moral indignation that these people are not fit for polite society. It's not only that Trump has to lose, but that all his enablers have to lose. They have to, we have to collectively, in essence, burn down the Republican Party. Um, we have to level them because if there are survivors, if there are people who weather this storm, they will do it again. That is a Washington Post columnist by the name of Jennifer Rubin doubling down on her attacks of former and current Trump administration members calling for the GOP to figuratively be burned down. Syndicated radio host Larry Elder, the sage of South Central, joins us now to react. Good morning to you, Larry. <laughs> Good morning, What's Hazley. How are you? <laughs> Well, there's no cure for Trump derangement syndrome, is there? What she said was absolutely absurd. It, it perpetuates the narrative that Donald Trump has engaged in some sort of hostile takeover of the Republican Party. Gallup asked Americans uh, in April if they thought that Donald Trump was too liberal. 17% thought so. 18% thought George W. Bush was too liberal. 38% think that Donald Trump's views are about right. 36% thought that George W. Bush's views were about right. 39% believe that Donald Trump is too conservative. The same number believe that George W. Bush was too conservative. The point is that people perceive Donald Trump and George W. Bush mm -hmm. to be ideological mirrors. So how is it that the Republican Party should be burned down because of what Donald Trump has done to it? He's done nothing to it, as far as most Americans are concerned. 88% of uh, Republicans support him at the very least. I've seen numbers even... Uh, higher than that. But what about the fact that the, the word she used, burn them down, burn down the party. There can't be any survivors. Where's that come from? You tell me. What about that uh, psychiatrist who was on CNN on the weekend who said that in this century, Donald Trump is more destructive than Mao, Hitler and Stalin were in the last century and may be responsible for many more deaths than they were. I mean, where, where, where do you go from there? What do you do with that? I, I have no idea what to say. You know, uh, and the thing about Jennifer Rubin at The Washington Post is she's their conservative columnist. That's what they call her. Well, that's why they hire her. They hire these columnists who purport to be conservatives. They purport to be Republicans, and they dump on the Republican Party, and they dump on Trump. That's why they hired uh, Brett Stevens, uh, the New York Times did. That's why they've got uh, David Brooks. They hire these guys that purport to be Republicans, uh, when in fact all they're doing is trashing the Republican Party. That's why they got their gigs. You know, it's interesting. She says that these people are not fit for polite society. Pol <laughs> right, right. The people who support President Trump, they're not fit for polite society. Why is that polite for her to say that? Or to talk about burning well, down? Well, why was it... Go ahead, sorry. Why was it okay for, for Maxine Waters to say, whenever you see a Trump cabinet member form a crowd, let them know they're not welcome anywhere anymore? I mean, all Donald Trump did about the squad was tell them to, to, to leave the country. Uh, they're telling the, the Trump supporters to leave the world, I guess. They're not welcome anywhere anymore. I mean, this thing is Trump derangement syndrome. And, and as I said before, there's no cure for it. Well, it's, it's a sad commentary that uh, the two sides are so polarized. It is. Uh, more people believe that Donald Trump is racist than believe that George Wallace was racist back in 1968. George Wallace, the one that said segregation now, segregation uh, tomorrow, segregation forever. More people believe that Donald Trump is more racist than George Wallace. This is sick. Eighty six percent of uh, Republicans believe uh, that uh, Donald Trump is a racist. Are you serious? I mean, <laughs> read all about it in The Washington Post. Uh, Larry, thank you very thank much. You, Okay, so that was real interesting, huh? You got a woman out there that's basically um, talking about killing all 
Um, well, she didn't say it outright, but killing all Republicans are those who supported Trump. Um, you know, when I hear burn it down, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm not, I'm not thinking about burning down buildings. I'm thinking about burning down buildings with people in them. Um, much like the, um, uh, throughout history, you know, I, um, there's a historic account, um, I, I just last year went through, um, church history and, uh, there was an account where, uh, when the Christians were all in the church, the church was boarded up and set on fire. And that's the kind of account that I get or the picture I get when I, when I hear this woman talking about burning down the Republican party and that, uh, Shlemiel, um, that purports to be a, uh, a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever he is that says that, um, that, uh, Trump is responsible, going to be responsible for more deaths than Mao, um, Stalin. And I can't remember the third one. Well, Stalin was responsible for killing 20 million people. And Mao, I think, was uh, an, an equal or greater amount. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's stupid accounts like that, stupid stories like that that just uh, totally amaze me. People that can come out with things like that without, without the numbers, without, um, without the numbers to back up their claims. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous. So, um, anyway, um, like we, we came to the conclusion the other day, we do think Trump's going to come out of this. Okay. Um, but, uh, think about this now when, when, um, when the courts rule and, um, and all the fake ballots are, are removed and everything and Trump does win, uh, there's going to be a lot of problems. Okay. Um, this country is on the brink of civil war. It has been for a long time. It's been, it's been in a cold civil war actually for, for ages. Um, or for days, I should say, or, or years, decades. Um, but, uh, it's going to turn into a hot civil war and it's going to be a really hard one to, uh, to deal with because, you know, your, your enemies are going to be some of your coworkers. Your enemies are going to be some of your family. Um, <laughs> We've got a, a relative, uh, I do by marriage, I should say, that, that might kind of lessen the impact of it. But the, uh, the guy is a staunch Republican and he's married to, um, a dyed in a wool leftist that, uh, suddenly came alive on Facebook not too long ago, posting all kinds of things. And, uh, we're talking about a person that was a social worker at one time and now she's advocating, um, violence against Trump and against Republicans. And like, this is what the, the, the leftists have turned into. Um, you know, scripture talks about the, that, um, the heart of man is wicked and, and despicable. And I can't remember the actual terms that are used in scripture, but basically it talks about the hearts of men generally, especially those that aren't regenerated through the blood of Yeshua are, are pretty wicked. And, um, and we're always hearing, oh, go with your heart, go with your heart. No, don't go with your heart. It's wicked. You go with your heart, you're going to fail every time. But um, anyway, um, so, you know, what we're starting to notice is that um, and starting to see on, on a daily basis is that people that were that you thought were kind of normal were, you know, kind of level headed, decent and everything 
are are pretty wicked and um and the the wickedness that has manifested inside of them for so many years is actually coming out of them now in in the form of speech in the form of uh, physical behavior and in in many ways um it, it's going to turn into a a time when um hopefully not for a few years yet but um, if if Trump wins this election or when he wins I should say um there's going to be a a, a creative uh cluster uh, and I'm not going to use the rest of it um and um and the left is really going to be pissed off and they're going to feel cheated they're going to feel like you know oh yeah Trump put the the Supreme Court in there and and it just it's just because he put his own people in there that that uh, Biden's not getting in, blah blah blah. You know, it's going to be all that stuff. And and uh, and and if you think Portland is in bad shape now, what do you see when that happens? Uh, wait till Antifa finds out that four more years of Trump is going to happen, and that, that they're uh, the writing is on the wall for them. Um, wait till uh, some of these politicians that are in Washington and all over the country. Um, I use as an example the governor of this state, the governor of California, the governor of Michigan, find out that, um, you know, that there's sealed indictments on them and they're arrested. Well, their minions aren't going to be happy about that. There's going to be, especially, man, if you live in the cities, you might want to, and you're, you're a decent Republican. Let me put it that way. I don't want liberals moving out of the cities uh, unless it's preordained by the Lord. But um, anyway, um, if if you're a decent, uh, hardworking American patriot and you're living in the cities, please, at all costs, if you can get out of the cities into into a country setting, do it um, because it's, it might save your life. Um, and I've, I've said before that uh, one of the things I've done is I've mapped out different routes to get to work. Um, I know that these morons like to get out on the freeway and they like to block traffic. Well, we've only got one freeway that gets me to work, but there's about five or six different ways I can get to work. And I've mapped them all out. And um, and I will take them if I have to, because i got an hour drive to get to work. But um, anyway, you know, we got to start making plans because... Um, after after they revolt in the cities, they're going to want to they're going to want to reach out of the cities, and that's when um, they're going to come to the little towns like I live in, and uh, we ain't going to put up with that garbage. And um, anyway, so it's um, it's damned if you do and damned if you don't, because if Biden, you know, had a <laughs> uh, what do they say uh, snowball's chance in hell, a uh, chance of winning the election. Um, even though it looks like now he, he is, but he won't, um, it would still turn bad because the ones that hate Trump would turn, like this woman that we just listened to, um, are going to go after those who voted for Trump and supported Trump. If you had a Trump sign out in your lawn, like we had, you know, prime target, people are going to remember that sign was out there. Um, anyway, so it's, um, it's beneficial, I think, for people like me anyway, that Trump does win. It's beneficial for the country because he's going to keep us on a course that is going to lead us to prosperity and, and, um, my goodness, you know, the recovery, uh, from, uh, 
the uh, economic debacle that happened because of COVID-19. I mean, we're, uh, they were expecting the uh, unemployment rate to stay up um, in double digits uh, for years after this. And it's it's already gone down to almost what it was before the COVID pandemic. And, um, and it's just, you know that God is with this guy, Yahweh. I'm talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is with Trump. And um, he's working with Trump and for Trump. And... Uh, Trump is working with him and for him, and uh, and things uh, will clear up and, and get better a lot faster with Trump in office than if Biden ever gets in. Um, it's yeah, I don't even want to think about that. But anyway, um, so anyway, tonight we got to look at um, <clears throat> several things. We got to look at some of the uh, the cheating and fraud that's going on and what's being done about it. Um, tomorrow ought to be interesting in the courts. That's going to be kind of fun to watch. Um, and I do think this is going to go in his favor. Um, expect um, a couple of losses um, because not all the judges, not all the federal judges are uh, are conservative or are um, patriots. There still are some uh, holdovers from previous administrations like the Obama administration. That uh, might be assigned to a case, but you know there's always appeals. Um, so don't don't expect everything to be roses starting tomorrow, um, but uh, but know that things are going to turn out a lot better, and um, that uh, this is all in God's hands and Yahweh's hands, and uh, I don't think He's finished with us yet, and uh, hopefully He won't be finished with us in the rest of my life. Um, my lifetime or my wife's lifetime, uh, my children and grandchildren, well, that's going to be another story for them. But um, Yahweh will work on them to make them strong and able to uh, endure and withstand what's coming. But um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, all that stuff having been said, uh, I hope that uh, you've been able to get a lot out of tonight, that you've enjoyed uh, hearing what a lot of people are saying and doing and and um, and got some reassurance out of the fact that things are moving along uh, in a jurisprudence way uh, to correct uh, a very bad injustice that happened on election night. And uh, like the enemies of God always seem to do, they, they always seem to uh, put themselves in a very bad place and it always turns out bad for them. And I think it's going to do the same thing again. So from here in our little hovel in the foothills of the Cascade Range of Oregon, um, at quarter to one in the morning, I say uh, fair ado to you and um, I say a blessing over you and Yeshua's name that you, he, will, um, he will just bless you in ways that you never imagined possible. And I'm not talking about material things, I'm talking about spiritual things. Um, that he will give you what you need before he gives you what you want. Many of the times the things that we want aren't the things that we need or or are things that will hinder our walk with him. So may he give to you as he sees fit, and may you accept it with gladness and joy. And uh, we will be here tomorrow night at 6.30 or 6.35 with Russ Tanner and Laura Clement and uh, Brian and Derek. 
And um, we will try to do the show. We No, not even try. We will do the show that we weren't able to do that one night because we had those technical difficulties, which I take full responsibility for. I know what I did wrong now, and I'll never do it again. Trust me. So be blessed in Yeshua's name. And um, until tomorrow, or later today, actually, um, just walk with the Lord. And may the joy of the Lord, may the joy of Yahweh be your strength. Amen and amen. Good night.